0: Association 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 Association
1: That was such uber ponage.
0: Hello fellow nerds, welcome to the Nerd Association podcast from the WBNS
1: studios in Columbus. I'm your host, Mark Finch. And I'm your other host, Daniel Barnett. And today on Nerd Association, we're going to be doing another one of our Leftovers episodes as we've decided to deem them, looking at some classic movies in one form or fashion and then determining how they hold up. We've gotten some fan uh, recommendations about talking about horror movies, and so we decided for uh, our first sort of installment of a horror movie, Leftovers, we wanted to talk about one that seemed relevant to this time in our lives, but maybe not too relevant. So, no, we're not talking about (laughs) Contagion today. Uh, We're not talking about Outbreak. Those are too close to home. So, my question then for you, Mark, is what do you think of when I say 28 Days Later?
0: I think of watching it when I was like 10 years old and thinking it was the scariest movie I had ever seen, maybe... Other than The Exorcist, which I probably shouldn't have seen by the time I was 10, but I was watching this movie. You saw so... The Exorcist as a 10-year-old? I think so. Oh, Because I remember comparing them when I saw them, so I had to because I saw this movie when I was 10. <laughs> so, I mean, that adds up. But, yeah, I just remember thinking... It was just the most frightening thing ever. And it was before the whole zombie craze mm-hmm. um, that hit kind of at the beginning of last decade, really. But And then I was actually really into zombies as as time went on. And I think this movie was the start of that, even though it's not – we'll get to that,
1: why it's not technically zombie. But it has the hallmarks of a zombie sure. film. Well, and I saw it I, – I don't know that I saw it in theaters, but I saw it around the time that it came out also. So a, a younger person mm. – I did not see The Exorcist before I was 10. I saw The Exorcist in college, and that freaked me out. I I think it was a... uh, Not that um, we're talking about The Exorcist today, but I think it was an
0: older brother thing. I think he had somehow convinced my mom to rent it.
1: Understood. And then I was just there with the older kids, and they put it on that... It was like a sleepover or something. Okay, that makes sense. Anyway, 28 Days Later. Yeah, I remember seeing it and it having a pretty big impact on me because... I had seen some of the or, the older Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. those things, at least the TV versions of them, right? So yeah. pr- probably the dumbed down versions of them. Um, but it was the first time that I ever found the trope of the zombie apocalypse scary, mm-hmm. because in in all previous versions of this story, it's either not explained at all, yeah, or it's some sort of voodoo or it's it's fantastical in a way that you can kind of laugh off as a premise. Yeah. Somehow this movie hit different. And I think it's in part because it explains it fully as a scientific thing. Yeah. It is fully a scientific issue and in fact it is a man-made issue by one group and then another group decides they're going to set it loose. <laughs> and I think the thing that is interesting and we'll I'm sure we'll even de- delve into this deeper but the ol- the uh, the zombies in 28 Days Later aren't the only monsters in this movie and, in fact, maybe not the scariest yeah. monsters in this movie. Um, and there's a whole lot of sort of political commentary and societal commentary that come with this movie. And it, I think it starts right at the beginning of it with a, a pretty
0: clear example of if a scientist says something is dangerous, we should listen to him.
1: Sure, well... Yeah, no, that's for sure. And I think, too, the thing I forgot, and I, as I started watching it again, you know, we're prepping for this show, that first sequence where they're showing, uh, you know, protests in, in Iraq mm-hmm. uh, after the fall of Saddam Hussein, they're showing protests in different countries, uh, police in riot gear, mm-hmm. um, people running for their lives through the streets. Like, that is the imagery that they're showing to this chimp to sort of imbue it with the rage. Mm-hmm. But I had forgotten that that was part of the film and was like, oh, it... it I was kind of not triggered is the wrong word, but like, oh, crap. Like, this looks familiar. Yeah. Because, yeah, I believe that's all real footage. I don't think they yeah. made any of that for the movie. Well, and you and I had discussed in picking this movie, we don't want we don't want something that's too on the nose. Mm. But in that moment, I was like, oh, maybe we picked something that was too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, so for those who haven't seen the film and want to be able to follow along, the premise of 28 Days Later is that... Uh, a group of eco terrorists breaks mm-hmm. into a laboratory where they're doing experiments on chimpanzees and they've uh, the scientists there have infected it with this virus they're calling rage infected with what with rage which they <laughs> boy i i have one fix that makes this movie perfect in that regard and that's my the rage virus is my issue actually yeah. but you have this group of scientists who are doing these experiments should they be who knows? And this group of eco-terrorists who goes in and decides they're going to make a statement. Again, should they be? Probably not. Uh, that I, I was talking to to Laura about this, and I said, you know, the, right in the first three minutes of the movie, you have two groups who, who asked the question, can we, but didn't ask the question, should we? And it's interesting how they present them as being on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to animal rights mm-hmm. in, in particular, but then... They're both doing dumb stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and they're both not considering the ethical implications of what they're doing. Then there is a sort of break, and you come to a guy waking up in a hospital. Jim. Yep. Jim's played by Killian Murphy, and had to be one of his first bigger roles. For at least. sure, I want to say it was his first, certainly his first lead role. Yeah, uh, or the, at least the one where the film was released to a broader audience than the you know the Great Britain. Yeah. Killian Murphy wakes up in a hospital. He's been, you can tell he's been in a coma or something. Um, There's no one else in this hospital. It's completely abandoned. And in fact, he gets out of, he's in this hospital bed. He pulls his cables out or his IVs out. And there's someone has thrown the key under the door for him so that he can let himself out whenever he wakes up and he starts walking through the streets of London which are completely destitute no one's there but obviously something big has happened
0: yeah i mean they're they're littered with trash and money and missing people signs and stuff like that but no actual people sure. or moving cars or anything like that
1: well and and in and looking into sort of the the you know the reasoning behind that Danny Boyle's the director and uh you know when when they were filming they actually did in the hospital in particular they filmed some scenes that were the hospital littered with dead bodies. And they decided early on that it was more interesting and more eerie Mm -hmm. to have a few scenes in which Jim, there's just no one. Which yeah. is, you know, in a lot of ways, way creepier to think of London completely and it makes abandoned. It, it makes
0: it almost more like a nightmare escape because, like, you can't imagine nobody being in London. Sure, even all the dead bodies. Like that could, if you see a dead body, you could make make that leap that there was some sort of disease that has wiped out all these. Yeah. But yeah, not seeing anybody, it's just like you can't explain that in your own head and he's just waking up from a coma. He doesn't know how long
1: he's been in a coma mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's just looking at this just desolate running around yelling hello. I think it's interesting too because I don't know that 28 Days Later was necessarily marketed as a zombie movie. I think it was marketed as an, a contagion or outbreak type movie yeah. which it is. Um, and so as the audience you go into that first part of the movie knowing that there is some sort of disease and that it's it's loose. Mm. And you you but you're experiencing almost you've only a little bit more knowledge than jim does that about what's going on here and yeah. in fact i thought i thought it was a really good decision by the filmmakers that they let that happen for several minutes and he doesn't he doesn't pick up a newspaper and start reading it for a for a while yeah he doesn't there's he picks no- up some money yeah. He picks up some
0: soda and some money, the two main essentials. And,
1: and I loved the product placements are uh, were so hilarious to me of like Mars Mars bars yeah. and Pepsi. I was thinking that when he's drinking
0: the Pepsi and it's such a long shot because he
1: drinks the whole thing. And you can see I'm the, like, the whole logo. I'm like, well, this is
0: probably how they paid to get a few London streets evacuated for these films. Right. <laughs> because
1: they were on kind of a shoestring budget. Yeah, they, I think it was $5 million or 5 million pounds. Mm-hmm. But that's almost nothing for a, a movie of, of this sort of scale. Yeah, and then after those initial scenes, it gets scaled down a ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that almost none of the extras are paid. They Mm -hmm. all would just agree to do these scenes for like a hot cup of tea and to be in a movie because he wanted to spend all the money on explosions (laughs) because he knew that if this movie was going to appeal to a United States audience, Mm -hmm. and this this is him, this is not me positing, that if it was going to appeal to a U.S. audience, if they were going to have explosions, they couldn't skimp on them. So, Jim wakes up. This is all going on. He goes into a church, sees a bunch of dead bodies. It's not entirely clear why they're dead, mm-hmm. but the first zombie attack that we see in the film is a priest attacking him. Yeah. Also, interesting commentary. Also, let's come back to it. Uh, he runs away from the church. He's chased down, he meets a couple of other survivors. Uh, one of them, Selena and Mark, mm-hmm. um, they tell him, you know, they're kind of trying to give him the rules of the streets. They move along. They say he's the first uh, non-infected person they've seen, seen in six, six days. Yeah. They're moving along. Jim wants to see if his parents are still alive. Mm-hmm. So they decide they're going to go to his parents' house in what I assume to be kind of the suburbs of London um, it's certainly what we would call a suburb. I'm not, I can't say I'm that familiar with the London and how yeah, it's laid out. <laughs> they say
0: it's not that far, but it's
1: like the trip of the day. Right, it's not something because they, they end up staying there. Yeah, they find his parents' dead bodies. They've mm. poisoned themselves. We, as the audience, definitely expect one of them's going to get up and attack. I'm pleased actually that they didn't go with that.
0: You know, I thought the note his mom left was eerie, yeah. but sweet in a way. It says, "Jim, with endless love, we left you sleeping. Now we're sleeping with you." don't wake up yeah of course
1: I, he wakes up <laughs> I, yeah i thought i thought that too it, it was very poetic and again i i'm glad they didn't because that was such a poignant moment that that any other zombie movie would have had one of the parents wake up and and attack yeah and in fact uh, you know i hadn't seen this movie for years i really like it i just hadn't seen it for a while mm-hmm. and there when he's covering them up with the comforter they're I think they want the filmmakers want to give you that fear because it seems like there's weird movement under the comforter. And I don't know if that's on purpose or it's just the way it's shot that it looks that way. But there's definitely as he's doing that this moment where I went and where Laura, who hadn't seen the movie, went, is she she's going to get up, isn't she? And I was like, I don't remember. I know something's about to happen. Yeah. Anyway, Jim uh, has a hallucination. He lights some candles. It attracts some of these these zombies the infected they never call them zombies yeah because um, well they're not dead right they you know kill him. Mark gets injured and Selena who's played by Naomi Harris hesitates for zero seconds to just hack her friend to bits before yeah. before he fully turns because he gets injured they establish that if blood or spit gets into your mouth or into an open wound or into your eyeball
0: yes yeah, she, sa- she says she wouldn't wait a heartbeat
1: and she, yeah she, she says doesn't. to Jim like I wouldn't wait a heartbeat to kill you they are they the two of them set out they see a high-rise apartment building with lights in it they go to check it out they encounter some more infected mm-hmm. uh, they encounter brennan gleason who's frank mm-hmm. he's a an older like middle-aged guy He seems
0: like a badass when they first meet him he's got like he's riot gear here, he's on like, beating he's beating the crap out he of throws you. one of them down the stairwell and they that's a and cool the, shot where they it, show it,
1: it like pinballing on yeah. the railing <laughs> yeah. as it goes
0: down this staircase and then they go back to the apartment, and he comes in, and he takes out the right gear. Yeah, and he's just this, like, nice, hey, older, yeah, middle-aged yeah, nice, British nice man. Nice to meet
1: you. And, like, immediately offers them any liquor that there is in the house. Is it creme de menthe? Yeah, creme de menthe. <laughs> and uh, he has a, a teenage daughter, Hannah. Hannah's mother, his wife, has died. They don't make it clear if it's in this yeah. outbreak or if it's been— oh, You get the impression that it had happened before this, and that yeah. the two of them have kind of been living alone for a while, that she wasn't one of these infected
0: because he uh, – Frank also has that moment where he's like, I, we can't go out on our own because if, if, if something happens to me, I can't leave Hannah alone. And that sounds like, yeah, something that has already been in his head right, for a period of time.
1: And that this is – in a lot of – they're living fairly normally in mm-hmm. their apartment. They've put up these Christmas lights and they're playing cheerful music. They've Yeah, they've barricaded themselves in. But in a lot of ways, they're kind of doing – the normal as normal of a life as they can have yeah. and it does give you the impression that this isn't the first trauma they've had as a, <laughs> yeah, as a parent and daughter no. they're running
0: out of water though that is the they're ticking run- <laughs> ticking clock for them right they're now.
1: running out of water and uh the scene there's the scene on top of the high rise with all the buckets yeah and there's a story behind that which is that on the day of shooting danny boyle asked for a hundred buckets and when they actually lined up the shot it looked so sparse <laughs> that he made his production team go out and buy 900 more buckets before the end of the day Okay, And that's why some of them are like laundry baskets yeah. because they literally just needed to fill the space. But it
0: makes sense because you would probably do that if you were trying to catch any water. Yeah, even though there's holes in laundry baskets, even if you get that first inch of the basket, that's sure, still extra
1: water. Well, and it's enough to shave or whatever. You know, they have and that.
0: they're in that high rise, so you'd expect him if he went through apartments and stuff to have access to as many buckets as he could find.
1: Well, that was, yeah, and, and he definitely lays out that they've tried going to different apartments to access different water tanks, but mm. when that ran out, or when that's starting to run out. You know, he says the toilet doesn't work. You have yeah. to th- you have to use the bucket and throw it out the window. It hasn't
0: rained in 10 days, and he's like, imagine that in, in bloody in, England. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyway, they decide they're going to set out. They, there's this radio transmission coming from uh, the northwest of the city, claiming to be military and yeah. that they have the answer. Near Manchester, I guess. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I was trying to think. It's 27. I think it's interesting, by the way, they say 27 miles northwest hmm. of Manchester. So clearly they've made this with a... With an American audience, at least in mind. They get this radio signal on, you know, handheld crank radio, and they decide they're going to get into Frank's taxi, which is the moment where you learn he's an old taxi driver and and drive there. Now, there's this moment where they've come out of this garage like a bat out of hell, you know, with all the stuff strapped on top like the Beverly Hillbillies, and they go to this tunnel and the scene where he... It's the most direct route. It's the most direct route, and he decides he's going to go up and over the cars, which, by the way, I think is... (laughs) Why is it set up to be
0: driven over like it's like a like it's a roller coaster track?
1: <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's very funny to me. I think are they
0: not the first people to try to drive over it? Because it, has it been flattened or I don't know?
1: I'm not sure. Yeah, because it that's a you have to suspend disbelief a little bit. Although I think it's hilarious because he's a cab driver, mm-hmm. which are, you know the most aggressive kind of driver <laughs> that will take the the biggest risks, and that it works, and that as he's doing it, he's laughing like he's on a roller coaster. Yeah,
0: he mostly doesn't even take a vote. Jim is really the only one who fully speaks up. Yeah. <laughs> But he just decides to he's go after do it. He stops to talk about it, but not really, super
1: briefly, yeah. And then decides he's going to do it. <laughs> they get a flat. They have to change the tire. There's this tense scene where a bunch of rats come running mm-hmm. through. I think everyone in the audience goes, "Oh no! Can rats carry it? Are we going to see zombie rats?" <laughs> and of course, no. The thing that you besides in real the chimps, they don't really show any animal right. with it. They I, question the horses later on in the and, trip, and there's the bird that maybe or maybe doesn't maybe you know. I do think it's interesting, though, they take a lot, again, they take a lot of tropes and turn them on their head. You might think in your head as an audience member, you're like, oh, are the rats infected? Or should we be scared of the rats? And in fact, no, the rats are. You're scared of the infected. The rats are. And and our our protagonists are just like the rats. They're running the same way.
0: (laughs) A few things from that sequence. One, Zack Snyder stole... The shadows and stuff like that yeah. when he made Dawn of the Dead a few years later. I think that's in 04 when he remade that movie. There's the scene in the parking garage where he definitely uses that same imagery of the – you can see the shadows of them running in yeah. a dark place. But And the second thing was after they get out, I thought it was interesting that they stop the infected do. Yeah. Once they start getting away in the car because that's a kind of a trope of zombies. The zombies never stop once they find something. These infected, which maybe is a little link to that they're still kind of human. Once they realize they're not going to catch that car, they stop running.
1: Yeah, which is it is interesting because you you don't see that anywhere else in the movie, but there's nowhere else in the movie where there's quite that distance Mm -hmm. being put between. I hadn't thought about that. Because it's deliberately in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They show them kind of slowing down. Yeah. Huh. There you go. I didn't notice that. (laughs) There are some scenes where they are stopping to get gas. Jim has his first kill. It's a kid. I think he's looking for a kill, too.
0: Yes. He he wants to get it out of his system, yep. and unfortunately, it has to be a kid. I mean, we don't have any cheeseburgers, though. He had to check for cheeseburgers, which is one of my favorite lines. I still quote that line on road trips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going in there? Cheeseburgers. <laughs> But yeah, so he wanted to get the kill out of his system, so he goes into the gas station diner. Yeah, it's, whatever.
1: And it's one of the most like roadside restaurants, yeah. uh, roadside diner, mm-hmm. and it's horrific. Just these, seeing these like scenes of families at tables, uh, slumped over. There are still orders on the counter, mm, like I that are to be picked that. up by that hadn't yet yeah. been picked up by a waiter or a waitress. And then yeah, oh, and also something I didn't remember. I, I again, I hadn't watched this in a while. The baby that is infected. The, the mother is holding a baby that's also dead. Yeah. I had den- I never noticed that before and was just like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the kid comes running out and is like kind of a Lord of the Flies situation. Yeah, and he
0: takes care of it with his baseball bat. And I guess he's gotten it out of his system. Yeah. And that comes back later about getting a kill.
1: Well, and this movie is very good at, at subtly setting up tropes. That, that's also the scene where you see Hannah kind of stunt driving yeah and and how frank's kind of like come on we're not going to do that they also set up in that sequence of them getting to manchester the valium and that mm-hmm. selena is a chemist which is a pharmacist yeah and so she's taking some drugs with her and they use the valium to get to sleep i like how jim's like two of them yeah
0: <laughs> and, and frank's like he finally gives in but he's like hannah can have half of one <laughs>
1: uh yeah you'll you're an old softy frank um <laughs> They get to Manchester. All of Manchester's on fire. Mm -hmm. They keep driving until they find this blockade. Haven't got any fire crews to put it out. There are no fire crews to put it out. And, of course, they get to the blockade. And as they're looking around, Frank gets super frustrated because he's expecting to find people there.
0: It's vacant, but not, like, overrun. It doesn't look like they quickly vacated, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, they still have stuff set up, like, in their mess hall that's in a tent. Right. So, it's it's a little confusing, because all the trucks are still there, so they clearly didn't evacuate... With their military
1: gear in those trucks. Yeah, they leave it ambiguous because it doesn't look really attacked, but there aren't people there. Mm-hmm. Um, There's no infected r- lurking around at the moment. Right. And, and they definitely set it up so that later it, it's obvious that they keep going back and forth this. But when they first arrive, you don't get it. And, of course, this is where Frank, who is starting to go into a rage himself. hmm After he yells at the bird to get off the dead body that's on some
0: barbed wire above a fence. And that's
1: the iconic scene of the drop of blood falling and hitting him in the eye. Mm -hmm. Which is, if you've you've only seen that movie once, that's the thing you remember. Yeah. And, of course, they they put you in a situation where who's going to have to kill him? Is it going to be Jim? Is it going to be Selena? Is Hannah going to watch one of these people who are now going to become her surrogate parents Mm -hmm. kill her actual father? And No, this is where the military shows up.
0: Which is the, I'll bring it up here, it's the first time we see a gun. Yeah. Which is the biggest difference between a zombie movie made in the U.S and made in any other country. Well, yeah. The, there's always people with guns right away for zombie movies made in the U.S. And then I've seen uh, Train to Busan, mm-hmm. which is a South Korean movie. There's not a gun in the movie.
1: Yeah, interesting point. I hadn't thought about that either. I don't even think police carry guns in the U.K. Yeah, just like a whistle and a baton. Right. And even when they're in riot gear, I don't know that they carry guns at, at all. all. Um, so, yeah, the military would be the only one that has ready access to guns, especially that grade of yeah. you know, machine gun. And boy, do they have them. They, they let you know in. in <laughs>
0: well, because I think they have like that. I mean, you see that little camp that's set up and it was clearly made for a large group of people. Mm-hmm. And now they're down to nine. I, yeah, I think he right. says uh, Major Henry West says nine at some point. What are nine men supposed to do?
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, they take them from this blockade to this old manor house mm-hmm. where they've set up camp and, uh, and immediately something's off. You can tell right away, even in the trip there, that the way that the soldiers are looking at Selena and Hannah, that there is something weird. Mm-hmm. The way that that Henry—he um, seems nice, but he seems nice, but he'll only talk to Jim. Mm-hmm. He o- or he only has anything resembling conversation with Jim. He's yeah. immediately trying to dehumanize Selena and Hannah, mm-hmm. and they treat them kind of like uh, resources in the same way that like they're pulling all of the. By the way, do you notice like they're welcoming them to safety and then mm-hmm. immediately take all their groceries? Like there's not a conversation. They don't, well, about they.
0: It. I, I thought it was interesting that they. Yeah, they drive the the taxi and put them in whatever car the army guys came out, and then, yeah, they're there, and the, they they stripped the car clean of any resources that were in it, and then they're just driving around yep. like it's a
1: toy. It's ours now. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and it's interesting that, in, and and who knows, like, in the narrative, maybe there is supposed to be a conversation, but they certainly do not show that there is a conversation. It is being commandeered. Yeah. In the same way that Jim and Selena and Hannah are not really being saved. They're being commandeered. I mean, they,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it almost, because the soldier is standing above them in the back yep. with them with his assault rifle, and they're all sitting on the ground. It does seem Almost, yeah, like a like an
1: imprisonment type deal. Well, and they kind of confirm that for you in the scene. You know, as Henry West is showing them or, or showing Jim around, uh, the scene with the the zombie being kept in the field. Mailer, Mailer, who I think it's interesting is black. They show a black guy in chains yeah. as being the zombie. He decided to keep in shackles, and I don't know. Maybe that's not. Maybe yeah. that's not what he was going for, but it does seem like there is one other black soldier still around. Which is the moment I had to think about: like, is is this the only black you know black soldier that was with them? Um, but it it sets up for you that West these are not people to him; they are commodities. Yeah, the,
0: I mean, the interesting things he says to I mean, how much different are they than how he treats Mailer? He says Mailer's telling me he's futureless. He's telling me things, and, and next he'll tell me how long it takes them to starve.
1: Well, and they definitely set up Jim to be having a moment where he sees the humanity in mailer mm. and that comes back later yeah but but I think there's whether Jim realizes it in that moment or later he and mailer are the same I don't think jim is yeah even completely
0: uh, he's obviously shocked to see that they have one that's in a chain but I think he's also shocked to see that they have one in a chain that like that's what they're doing with it it just seems like that's in it's he, like we said these are still living humans that's such an inhumane thing to do even if they are infected well and it's
1: so risky yeah they don't yeah they don't you, you get the impression, too, that, like, in addition to just being super inhumane, it's really risky, which it comes across yeah. later. Uh, you know, it only takes... They don't even
0: have that door locked. It's just
1: right. a, door, it's that just that a door that swings open. It's a door that swings open. Yeah, because you you do have a moment where you, you think when West walks out and closes the door that Jim might be locked outside. Yeah. Uh, and that this is going to be where the turn happens. It doesn't. It comes later. Mm-hmm. But just pops he just right just pushes open. it back open. The dinner scene is interesting to me because... Uh, again he first of all he comes in his dress uniform Mm -hmm. which is weird why would you need to do that he
0: didn't tell anybody else to dress up for dinner he doesn't
1: and and he comes trying to seem very magnanimous but as soon as the omelet tastes bad which he could have just choked it down yeah or or just not eaten it I thought the salt might cover the taste. So
0: I always felt bad for Jones in that moment. He's
1: doing the best he can. Yeah, and clearly they set him up as not knowing how to cook. Well, and also that West is—I like... don't think he's supposed to be the brightest character
0: in yeah. any aspect.
1: That West is criticizing him for feeding them like t- tinned bean like you know canned food. What yeah. else is there? Yeah, <laughs> and he's... finally he has these eggs and tries to salvage them, but yeah, they set up. West as understanding he's a sociopath he understands what those things are supposed to look like mm-hmm. dress uniform fancy uh, you know fancy t- dinner table yeah that those are the those are the sort of the trappings of being magnanimous in the same way that he is inviting these these strangers in you know magnanimously to keep them safe talks and,
0: to Jim in a leadership way but there's yeah just that tinge of I don't trust what this guy's saying
1: sure and that he like he knows what he's supposed to do but he doesn't There's no humanity behind it. And that shows immediately the cracks form when he spits out the omelet visually. He doesn't pull a napkin up in the proper British, you know, and say, oh,
0: maybe we shouldn't eat these or, you know, this this might not be. And then, yeah, immediately scolds Jones, who's not a cook. They just made him cook.
1: (laughs) Well, and then and then and during that dinner scene is when they set up that the raid sirens, the Mm floodlights, the mines out in the field. And of course, it happens at dinner. They go out and and start shooting at these infected, and it's it's meant to look. There's a lot of them coming, mm-hmm. but the way that they just get glee out of it, the line it, it bounced. I can't believe it bounced. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. they're very into it. Yes, and like
0: I just said, these are still humans. They're enjoying it, <laughs> yeah. and, it
1: and it definitely gives you the impression like these guys uh, have have joined the military and haven't gotten a lot of action. They're enjoying this. Yeah,
0: it's almost yeah, it's almost like they want a raid. Sure, the, it's it's
1: their it's, their it's not excitement. just defense. Yeah, know. they also
0: at the di- before we get past yeah, the yeah. dinner scene, um, Major West does bring up the point about well, now we have these women. Maybe they can have some creativity in the kitchen, right? Uh, that you know sets up
1: and it's the first time they... he talks to either of them, and it's Hannah, mm-hmm. by the way. And which again, maybe a little bit of race politics, I don't know, but that he addresses her as being the one like, can you cook? Yeah, it's. You're set up to understand, especially once you've seen it, then you can see all the signs. But it's definitely it's it's off even if you don't know it's coming. Yeah. He finally reveals that he promised the soldiers women. And that's that's the reason he put the this radio transmission out to him. Salvation is restarting again, not even considering that that this might just be temporary. He's Mm -hmm. ready to be the leader of a new civilization, despite evidence that that doesn't need to happen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and then there's that other soldier who the sergeant. Sergeant Farrell, yeah. who at dinner kind of – he's definitely stepping back from the way these guys are running it, For sure. starting there at dinner. And then once Jim runs away from Major West and tries to save the girls after he reveals that they're there to just take advantage of the women basically – they also start to corner Sergeant Farrell,
1: right? Because he's the only one that he's the only one that sticks up for Jim. He yeah. stands over him and starts pointing his gun at the other soldiers and saying, "You're not going to kill this man." Mm-hmm. Um, and so they take them both. They out. They say, "Okay, well, we'll just kill you too So they take them both out. That there's that scene where Farrell, you know, the other soldier puts his bayonet on. Mm-hmm. Again, this is not utilitarian for them. They're enjoying this, yeah. and and. They set up this guy, who's been the skeeziest one all along, yeah. to be like, no, I'm going to gut him. And then the Cook Jones is saying, like, maybe
0: don't do that to our sergeant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then has the decency to, I mean, decency, given the situation, the decency to put Feral down humanely. Mm-hmm. By the way, Feral, like a feral animal. Interesting. Who knows? Maybe. Before they do that, though,
0: I, I did want to, Feral, while they're locked away in that in that room, and he's talking about that England is quarantined, and that the, and he he goes, "What would you do with a diseased little island?" And he's saying that they've probably just cut, cut us off out. yeah, cut off England, and they're just going to let it take its course and figure it out from there. It's meant to be ambiguous there. The sequel kind of gives it away that, of that being mostly true. I, I think it's one of the most interesting
1: thought aspects of the movie sure there's that that conversation right at the beginning of the movie where where selena says there's rumors that there were outbreaks in new york and paris Mm -hmm. but all that we didn't hear anymore after that yeah and i yeah i do think it's interesting that like they they're proceeding on the best information they have but yeah some people are jumping to conclusions that this is this is the end of the world and we're living in the post script and we need to rebuild it starting now Now. the first two women (laughs) we find Kidnap, restart. Yeah. So then there's the sequence where Jim uh, Jim escapes.
0: He dives into the dead bodies because uh, Jones and the the guy who was going to bayonet that Farrell. They're, feral, fighting. they're yeah. fighting, so he gets a chance to. But uh, smartly, he doesn't run away right there. Mm-hmm. He hides first, and then they go running to search for him, and then he dips out.
1: Yeah. Um, and
0: Jim also has renewed hope because during that escape scene, he, he sees a jet plane flying overhead. So he knows something He you knows yeah. some people are around doing normal. Normal-ish things. Sure,
1: you know. Then there's a sequence where he kind of he sounds the air horn at the blockade mm-hmm. to bring bring them out for another one of these attacks because he knows the at the first sign of any sort of intrusion, yeah. these guys are going to jump. This is what they're living for. Yeah, and I do think it's interesting how they set up Jim with, and they do this now for the you know the extended sequence of him having the same imagery as one of the infected. Mm-hmm. Though he's running around shirtless, bloodied. Uh, super aggressive, you know the way that he takes out. And he's looks, already such a skinny guy, so he has that frail a look. sort of look. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it, and he gets the cover of rain, which they finally get rain at least. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, th- there's the sequence. He he lures them down there. He takes out uh, the guy who's with West. West mm-hmm. kind of gets attacked, ends up making it out, but but is is subdued. Mm-hmm. Goes back and lets loose Mailer, and again. It's real risky to keep a zombie, a hungry one at that. Yeah. Uh, and then it runs around and Who, we
0: don't know what their memory is either. Sure. Like, obviously, he, if, if there is memory, he's going to remember
1: you guys, and he's going to remember how poorly you've treated him. <laughs> There's the sequence where where uh, Selena and Hannah, they're forcing them to put on these fancy clothes. Selena force-feeds Hannah some Valium yeah. to be like, no, I'm not trying to kill you. I just want you to not care when it happens. Boy, I'm glad they didn't actually play out that yeah because that would that, be ugh, ugh, it's already t-tasteless. a tough enough
0: movie to watch at certain points that
1: yeah yeah the, the 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 sort of insinuation of it is enough for yeah the audience <laughs> and then uh
0: while they're there that's the beginning of jim getting back to it the darkness has fallen so they're getting mm-hmm. freaked out it's raining it you know there's lightning so it's perfect horror movie yeah uh, set up anyways and uh hannah is on valium and just kind of speaking her inner monologue Which because is, that's what you Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially for somebody who wouldn't be experienced in taking drugs like right. that. Um and what does she go? She goes, um, they're dead, and you're gonna be next. And that's like the the one good line from her. I don't think she's the strongest actor in the movie.
1: She also there's not a whole lot for her character yeah. to do. But yeah, she that sort of flat affect of like just being okay with whatever comes next, but like the these guys aren't. Yeah. They have they have been put in a position where they feel like they're invincible and Mm. now suddenly they're leaderless the night has fallen it's raining there's a an infected loose in their what you know their castle
0: which yeah the walls don't matter now your landmines don't matter now your barbed wire doesn't matter now because you kept one right inside your walls
1: well and they end up being as you know they've also proven that they are it's He brings up that line of people killing people it's Mm -hmm. the same to me it's the same it's just been people killing people and they're, the soldiers are as dangerous to one another as the infected have been. Yeah. In fact, more dangerous. You know, you see up until up until the, that sort of horror sequence, the death you see there is soldiers killing other soldiers. Isn't
0: there a uh, also when Hannah's in her Valium Stupor, yeah. monologue, um, she she says to the, the guy who was gonna bayonet the sergeant, doesn't she say to him something along like yours is gonna be the worst? Yeah. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. But before we get past that, the, yeah. what I would argue is the most iconic scene okay. or image of the movie is Mailer in the window, yeah, with the
1: glowing red eyes, and then he breaks through. I want to say that that was probably in the trailer. Yeah, that was maybe one of the hints from the trailer that this was not going to just be an outbreak style movie; that mm-hmm. it was in fact going to be a zombie type movie. And well, and they use that in the poster mm-hmm. too, like the the you know the the poster for the movie in the front of the cover of the movie when you used to do physical copies of movies. <laughs> That's the most iconic shot, for sure. And I want to come back to talk about how is this even a horror movie in a second. I think okay. that's a valuable com- part of yeah. this conversation to have. West comes back with a vengeance. He shows the one bit of humanity that he shows the whole time, which is Jones is has been stabbed. And he, he's there with him when he dies. Mm-hmm. And there's a separate scene with uh, Selena who hesitates to kill Jim. And then the hilarity of Hannah cracking him on the back of the head with a like a wine bottle or a liquor bottle. Yeah, Uh,
0: Jim, that was longer than a heartbeat right before that when she. And then they're making
1: out, and she hits him, and like I thought you were trying to eat her. I was was kissing her. (laughs) Yeah, that's That's a good one.
0: Which yeah, so she makes she does that. She also hides. So she must be coming out of it a little bit because she has enough presence of mind to hide behind
1: the mirror to trick one of the infected when they come into the room. But they also show her as being scared but the that she's still a little bit under the influence because yeah. she's not like screaming in terror yeah she's cool enough to figure out so what it almost probably maybe helped. saved her yeah because um, jim questions right away are you, are you stoned? stoned west comes back there's the confrontation mm-hmm. he is hiding in the taxi they're going to run he's in the taxi he shoots jim in the chest Yep, and then hannah does some stunt driving and backs him up into the manor and uh, Mailer comes. There's just a short moment where West is like, w- yeah, what are what's he going to do? Yeah. Well, I think the audience does too. Because mm-hmm. like, you think, oh, is she going to crash into a pillar or something, into a statue and that's going to kill him? Mm-hmm. But then isn't that going to ruin their way of getting out? No, Mailer comes running, slams through the window, grabs West and she's sort away. Of, yeah. Interesting note, the scene of them crashing into the gate mm-hmm. was supposed to be the end of the movie. And which would make sense for the how they shoot that. And Fox saw it and went, "Wait a minute, this is it." And Danny Boyle essentially said, "We're out of money. Like we can't <laughs> shoot more movie." And Fox was like, "All right, we'll give you if will you shoot an ending for us?" And by the way, that is why so everything before that moment is shot in DVr and mm-hmm. everything after that moment is shot in 35mm. Huh. They look completely different. Yeah, you're right. One looks like if you were filming an apocalypse with whatever you could find. Mm-hmm. And the other has a much more open, expansive feel because it's shot with you know conventional movie making technology. That, and that
0: also makes sense because I'm like, how did they Did they license a, to use a jet? How did they get a jet yeah. with this budget? Even if it's special effects. However, I just feel like, yeah, like it just seems like for that last little scene, that would have been an expensive thing
1: to do no matter how you did it that explains yeah. it now <laughs> well and i and i i like i'm glad they tacked that on i don't i think that uh, while i th- the ambiguous ending is okay mm. i prefer the idea that at least we know something yeah um and i like to you know they set up jim and selena to be the surrogate parents of hannah i like that they play that out yeah i like um by the way in his like fever dream where he sees hell in the field yeah and uh And then they set that up as being, you know, four-fifths of the hello banner. Which,
0: why isn't it just help? But probably just for that
1: shot. Sure. Well, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if they
0: thought— Or a callback to Jim at the beginning of the movie where he's yelling hello the whole time.
1: That could be. And I think maybe, you know, help seems like it could be a trap, whereas hello seems really just like cash. (laughs) Super cash. And they seem to imply
0: that this isn't the first time— planes have been coming around
1: and that in fact maybe it was originally help and because they got passed over enough times they yeah. just decide to keep sewing
0: i and also like that how they show the uh infected not basically lying there dying, starvation, yeah
1: um which, which is, is something
0: west had said earlier
1: which is by the way 28 days after the yep. first 28 days yeah. so it has taken a month for presumably, for some of these infected to starve, or at least start to starve. So it answers that question. And I think it also is meant to tell the audience the military that was outside of our country is now coming back in because we have determined enough that maybe enough of them are dead now that it's recovery. It's completely recovery at this point. We find the last few survivors. We get them off the island. We let it completely destroy itself and then we come back Mm -hmm. which is really I mean it's quarantining (laughs) like that's the point that's the the synopsis um when we obviously we touched on some things along the way I do think as I said they definitely set up the sort of science and and um zealot spectrum Mm -hmm. as being both dangerous when you're too far I also think that the first attack in the movie comes from a priest Mm -hmm. and the last attack in the movie is it involves like a soldier yeah <laughs> and that otherwise you don't know anything about the people who are attacking yeah does that make sense what i'm saying like the Jim first one, recognizes his neighbors <laughs> that's true that's true but i think it's there's everyone's nondescript mm-hmm. except for those two where you can pin usually shirtless
0: this. i don't know if that was a deliberate choice too but
1: well, yeah either shirtless or or so if they had any sort of uniform you it was unrecognizable mm-hmm. right you can't pick it out um, in fact, it's interesting that when they find Jim, he's in scrubs and they that is important to them mm-hmm. that they're like, that's probably
0: why they save him instead of Mark yeah, immediately was like, are you a doctor? a doctor? And Selena, Selena figured it out pretty quick no, in, a in a heartbeat. Well, she figured it out. And
1: because she is she's a chemist, she's yeah. a pharmacist. So she it, not a doctor, but has a little bit of that. Maybe even works in a hospital, mm-hmm. and you know, works in that industry, and yeah, there's little uh, understands what the hints would be. Sure, so I think that's interesting. That's part of the commentary. I think the movie's excellent. Mm-hmm. I think it is, it is artistic. I think, uh, and and part of that's the constraints that they were put under because of just not having a ton of money. But it's artistic. It's well thought out. It's not like any other zombie movie that mm-hmm. came before it. The zombies are truly scary. Yeah. <laughs> to me, in this movie, whereas normally zombies are just kind of like it's more of
0: the horde deal with the zombie is what's scary. These ones one, are mailer, individually one,
1: scary. is is enough to take out the army men. Right. And and I think the fact that they keep the scope limited to this small band of characters is also, I don't know. I feel like zombie movies so much of the time end up with they they get these big groups of survivors together, which just is so what they happens in the end. Yeah. So, yeah, and there's usually this big—there's always some sort of intergroup conflict, but there's never—the power dynamic doesn't come out in the same way that it does when it's just a bunch of military and, like, three normies, so to speak. Yeah. So,
0: and they don't, they don't kill off as many characters—they only kill off one character you care about, and sure. that's Frank. Mark, you don't get enough time with him to really have—I mean, it's sad, but— And it, Jones you feel bad for, Yeah, but
1: you don't— He's not even—but he's not even killed by the zombies. That's a good point. That's a good point. So— I want to push pause for a second and I want to tell you about why this is ties into my one complaint and my one easy fix for this movie. Okay. Rabies is truly horrifying. Mm -hmm. And here's why. And this movie is the the thing that made me think about this. The rabies virus in every other creature that it can infect other than humans causes a creature to not feel pain, to not feel fear, to turn extremely violent and to be single-mindedly trying to spread itself to other creatures Mm. there is no other concern that is why and and of course erratic behavior the rage virus is clearly what happens if rabies starts affecting humans the same way it affects other animals yeah why not just do that (laughs) why not just why not just say you know it's a mutated rabies virus that's all you would have to say and you don't even have to explain it yeah. Beyond that, because people understand what I mean, a rabid where, raccoon or a rabid dog. They get that. Yeah.
0: Because you're not the first person to make that leap. So, yeah, why couldn't they? I just I don't know. Because and they, that was they don't
1: really reference
0: it as the rage virus very much after that initial sure. scientist either.
1: And that to me is why it's so easy for them to just unless they thought because there's a rabies vaccine. Yeah. But you but you can suggest that this is a, a huge mutation. And that's why. Yeah.
0: And isn't the rabies vaccine more for after it's given to you i guess once you've been
1: once you think you've been exposed to rabies in that case is it even a vaccine is it more of an antidote but the point being is mm. maybe that's why they felt like they couldn't they just borrowed everything about rabies but called it something else so that yeah. they people couldn't make that argument but I obviously
0: don't know. W- with how fast they they show this virus taking effect it wouldn't matter if you had an antidote or that's a good vaccine point because yeah rabies it's is like
1: 72 hours of any zombie movie or anything like this. It's, it's one of the fastest. fastest. Trans- it's yeah. like, yeah, within 30 seconds, the, she says 10 to 20, but like within 30 seconds, as opposed to other movies where you could get bitten and it might take a day or 12 hours. Where you
0: die, like this virus kills you. Sometimes in a zombie one, it's, it's the, only after you, you get do. it, But really, you die of infection. Right. And then, but those, whatever those
1: pathogens are that reanimate you are within you now. But that's my one complaint. Just call it, just say it's a mutated form of rabies and that it's now affecting humans the same way it does. That would probably
0: make it scarier because then you ground it
1: just a little bit more. That's why I'm scared of rabies (laughs) now as an adult. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I made that leap seeing it 2003, 2004. I would have been 14 or 15 years old. Uh That was the first thing I thought of was like oh crap this is rabies why aren't they just calling it that <laughs> so to me that's the one fix otherwise I think it's it's spot on and like I said I think the political commentary is, is interesting about you know science and ze- you know zeal church and and military but even like the government He's like, well, the government'll do something. There's and always
0: a government. There's always
1: a government. No. The government they left. They're in some bunker somewhere. They don't care about you. <laughs> yeah. And that's that goes back to Farrell. That's what Farrell's also saying,
0: too. Right. He's like, they don't care. They've they've quarantined us off. It's it's over on this island. If you're still here,
1: it's over. Yeah. Is it only that last sequence of Jim sort of staging the attack on the the manor mm-hmm. that makes this movie a horror movie? Would it be a horror movie without the them employing cl- that like horror imagery of that last scene?
0: Like I said at the beginning, when I saw this when I was like 10 years old, I thought it was like the scariest movie I'd ever seen. But rewatching it, and this may have been because I was taking notes, I've seen it many mm-hmm. times and I also watched it during the day. It didn't strike me as very scary.
1: Well, and and let me I'm not asking if it's a scary movie. Yeah. Because you could argue that something like Silence of the Lambs is a very scary movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would never call that a horror movie. Um, Maybe some people would. I wouldn't. Like you, I've seen it. I did watch it at night. I've seen it many times. Mm -hmm. And there were still parts where I had forgotten what happened and got a jump out of something. My wife doesn't like horror movies and was like, do I really have to watch this with you? And I was like, yeah, no, you're going to like this one. And afterwards, she was like, I like this. I don't (laughs) like horror movies. I liked this. I would watch this again. She said it's not one of my, it wouldn't be like one of my top three movies, but I would watch it again.
0: Yeah, it's much more thought provoking as we've done here than a lot of other horror movies. And I guess my test for like true horror movies is like, at least good ones, Mm -hmm. is am I scared after? You know, sure. am, I, am I afraid when I turned the light off last night, I was not. That's but that does still, I mean, even as an adult, that still happens. You get that in the, you watch a ghost movie or a, sure. or a satanic type possession movie. You're still like a... A little like, yeah, I'm going to leave this light on and go upstairs and turn People it off. People might and, not yeah.
1: admit it to themselves. But no, I know exactly what you're talking about. If you see a movie that really scares you. Yeah. I mean, I'm brave enough to still turn off the light and walk upstairs, right. but I, it's definitely in my head during that moment. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Because horror is often maligned, mm-hmm. I think it almost does this movie a disservice to call it a horror movie Yeah, because it just doesn't, It it's more of an art movie about something that just incidentally turns you into a classic horror monster, kind of. Yeah, and it's unfair because it was before the zombie craze, way well right. before. And in fact, I think is you know, World War Z is the is a fast zombie movie.
0: Mm-hmm. World War Z is just an action movie. No,
1: what I mean <laughs> to say is like there aren't a whole lot of fast zombies.
0: No, I think World the War Z Dawn of the Dead of the remake ones. had fast zombies, and that one has scary moments, but that almost it's Zack Snyder. So that one almost leans to action yeah. more than horror. I wanted to ask one question before we got to, to our the leftover portion. Food. Okay, just a, a simple question: worst choice in the movie? The candle at night from Jim, the driving through the tunnel, or Frank yelling at the bird?
1: I I eliminate immediately driving through the tunnel. That was a great decision. Okay, it was poorly ex like he they went a little bonkers doing it, but they they made it kind of by the skin of their teeth, and it worked. I, but <laughs> <laughs> pause. I want to answer your question, but pause. Who's ever changed a tire in thirty seconds? <laughs>
0: while they're just holding up
1: the Which, car isn't it funny that like you can th- that british cars like european cars in general because yeah. they're built to be as compact as possible you could just like imagine two guys lifting it <laughs> yeah I, I
0: know yeah you're you're thinking about cars out here just some guy who's like a dad and then a guy who was just in a in coma, a coma <laughs> for 30
1: days like lifting it up long enough to, to change a tire i mean kudos to hannah you know for changing that tire and, and that
0: goes back it. to how she's like a trick driver and stuff she obviously knows what she's doing with the car this isn't people trying to figure out how to yeah that's a good point i don't think i
1: i don't know if i connected those two things quite like that but you're right she's she's a little bit of a gear like a closet gearhead. yeah well because he picks her to change the tire he doesn't say hey jim like right so i i eliminate that that was a good decision (laughs) you get pretty pissed off at jim for lighting the candle because you think he should know better but Mm -hmm. he he would he doesn't more of a case of ignorance than frank's Frank's is is the is the dumbest decision in the movie. Yeah, which is so hard to say because you love Frank. Mm-hmm. Frank is so lovable, and it's the first time he shows his frustration with this situation at all. Yeah, the rest of the time, even in the face of, and he's not even just stoic; he's cheerful. He's the infected don't scare him. Yeah, he doesn't care about them, in, except that he needs to not get bitten by one of them. Yeah, the thing that that. That makes him and in they show Jim and Selena being scared and, and terrified and mad at the infected mm. and each other. The thing Frank is mad about is the idea that he's let his daughter down. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that sends him into the rage. Yeah. Lowercase r rage. <laughs> yeah. What a dumb choice. There was nothing about that situation that warranted him going and yelling at a bird when there was like a drippy... Yeah, infected looking body Looking straight up at it and. Yeah <laughs> I mean I would also uh, Can I nominate Worst decision in the movie uh, Chaining up uh, An infected in, Inside of your Castle Yeah But but yeah But if there If, if a, Jim
0: doesn't let him go And all that doesn't happen If they're good soldiers And they still did that He do does s- have a point That he is learning something from It's com- terribly inhumane
1: So probably but. Frank Making his dumb choice yeah. Poor Frank Rip Frank <laughs> So, the point we've done leftovers once before. The idea with the term terming it leftovers is we compare it to a food mm-hmm. that one might eat as as leftovers. We explain why we explain we why that food. you tell me if this counts. maybe this doesn't count as leftovers. The thing that I thought about was like a box of hot pockets that you find in your freezer okay. that probably went off five years ago, uh-huh. but you pull them out, they're definitely kind of dry and crumbly. Some freezer burn, but it's it's a, a Thursday night, and you don't want to cook. You just want to eat something, and so you take the risk on it. Mm. And they might look a little rough around the edges, but you know what? They've held up pretty well. Yeah, that. <laughs> they're they're not quality like cuisine. Yeah, uh, in this, they're not like fancy. People would probably judge you for really liking it, <laughs> and it probably uh, doesn't look great. So I I don't know. Does a hot does a box of hot pockets count as leftovers? Or is that breaking the rules? I I
0: think it's okay because mine is similar, but I kind of gave it a chance to be leftovers. Okay, but I said a corn dog, similar to similar to what you said. It's it's
1: not the it's not highfalutin. It, yeah,
0: exactly. But it heats up well. They mm-hmm. heat up fine. You can put them in the microwave. You can freeze them and come back to them because I think this movie holds up really well. Remarkably I well. I don't think there's anything about it that is like oh that's such an old thing like because there's not i mean they've they've basically established that there's no technology so they they don't date themselves with that really and then the car
1: is just a a cab yeah that's fine well and and we i don't think we've said this yet but it's a 2003 film it's 17 years old so it's not the oldest movie but Mm. certainly i agree with you there is nothing about it that dates it
0: yeah and my last thing with the corndog was uh even though we talked about how it, it might not be the scariest movie, it says it's a little scary to watch in the dark because of that stick with the corn dog. You never know what might happen if you bite too hard or go too
1: far in. All right, that's pretty good. I think it it holds up remarkably well. It's it's a thought provoking movie with scary moments, and mm-hmm. so if you want a scary movie, it's got that. Mm-hmm. But it's also very thoughtful, and I would recommend to anybody who hasn't seen it. I, I mean, this is the kind of movie. The, the sort of colorful language aside, I would – my mom would enjoy this movie. <laughs> she might not want to watch it again, but she'd be like, oh, yeah, that
0: was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, like if you can <laughs> it, if you can watch Contagion or Outbreak or something like that that you referenced at the beginning, then you could watch this movie without – like if somebody says, oh, I don't like zombies
1: or I don't like scary movies. Or I don't like gory movies. Yeah. Uh, the goriest moment – we skipped over this. The goriest moment is where when Jim puts his thumbs in the guy's eye socket. Hannah says he, he would get the worst of it. And he did. Yeah. So yeah, go watch. Go watch Twenty Eight Days Later, Twenty Eight Weeks Later. I this haven't seen fine. it in years. Have you seen it recently, uh, or pr-
0: recently enough? I think it was streaming a while ago, and I watched it, but it was like a Friday. Like I, it was just, I just kind of put it on. I wasn't really watching. It's fine. It's got Rose Byrne, and Jeremy Renner,
1: which is fine too. <laughs> I remember it being a lot more political. Or We're like dealing with the be, rebuilding yeah. and just not doing well. Well, and then it's it's an
0: outbreak movie, which this movie skips over the outbreak, which is the whole point. Yeah. Is that Jim wakes up 28 days later after the outbreak and is just in this situation. That, he isn't, this, that one is, it, it's like literally a day long. Okay. Because they, they think it's safe. They start going back into London. Somebody gets found that's infected and then Got it. Get, it gets out. And then for some reason they wrangle everybody into one room and then, bam, the whole city, the people they brought back in, infected.
1: Okay. So, you know, at your own uh, – That's that's frozen pizza, but not <laughs> – not pizza that's intended to be frozen. That's finding the old slice in the back of your freezer that <laughs> that has been there for two years, and, and then you microwave it so it's not even crispy; it's just floppy. <laughs> so at your own at your own peril. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for listening to Nerd Association. Uh, we have done this episode came kind of obliquely from a suggestion from a fan, so we are taking your ideas into consideration. Uh, if you want to be, you know, if you want to chime in on on our episodes or some ideas that you'd like. Or tell us that you love us or you hate us. Or maybe you're infected with rage and need to troll us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at nerd underscore assoc. N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. You can email us at nerdassoc at gmail.com. And again, let us know your suggestions. Let us know what you like, you don't like, and uh, you know, you could even be one of our nerds and talk to us about something that you're passionate about. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.